2016, a dear friend of mine went through an event that many deem to be the worst thing we can experience, the loss of a child. When I first saw the post on Facebook, well, I was in utter disbelief. I couldn't imagine it had happened, and I had no idea what to say or how to even approach her. I called around to check on her, but didn't think it best to join the throngs of people who would no doubt be pounding down her door with their condolences. It was too soon. I imagined she needed to have time to mourn, adjust, do what people do during something so unthinkable. I didn't know how she would handle it. She was a single mom who had always been close to her son, and he was her only child. He was her whole world. Was she going to be rolled up in a ball? Would she start using drugs to dull the pain? Would she be incapacitated for years? Any of these seemed reasonable. Stay tuned for my interview with Tammy. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. When I finally got to speak with her, I was beyond surprised at her resilience. Frankly, I was baffled. I certainly didn't feel that I would have handled such a thing with as much calm as she had. As I spoke to her, I found that her choice of perspective in this story was one that allowed for the healthiest possible takeaway. So I asked her if she'd share her story. Desmond Tutu said, Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. As you'll hear in the interview, I'm careful, even timid in asking her questions, still wanting to be so careful. So careful was such a sacred topic. But she agreed to share her story and her perspective so that if her experience and choice of perspective could help someone else, well, then she had put it out there. So here's Tammy's story. So hi, Tammy. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. So I want to open the time up and let you tell your story about um, you and Hunter and the accident and how you have framed the situation and how that works for you. So will you just introduce you and Hunter? Sure. So I've been a single mom pretty much all by myself for 17 years since before Hunter was born. Um, His dad and I divorced so went through everything without a husband which is fine we did it um hunter and i were very very close um we were always really close he even had a really close bond with me since he was a baby just would know when i was hurting or when i was suffering and he would just put his arms up around me without me saying anything and he would give me a hug just really close bond and um even just about a week or so before he passed away, um, we were watching a movie, and here my 17-year-old 6'2 boy, 215, 20 pounds, has his head in my lap. Um, just such a closeness that I can't describe, even though he wasn't open. He, he wasn't very 
verbal with his communication with his feelings, but we still had a really close bond. And um, he was actually going through some personal struggles. And he had been on medication for a few years for depression and for anxiety. And he got to a point um, a few months before he passed away where things just seemed way too heavy for him, and he started to experiment with marijuana. And I found out by showing up at school one day and finding him stoned. And at that point, really trying to do everything I can could to get my son help. And working with his doctor, who was prescribing the antidepressant medications and trying to see if maybe there was another one that he needed to be on. But he was questioning his whole purpose in life, why he was even here, and felt like he didn't have a purpose. Seeing my son suffer through this for months was tearing me apart, and I was constantly praying that God would help me know how to help my son but nothing ever came. Then this weekend, 4th of July weekend, we went away to a family cabin where Hunter's grandparents were there and his aunt and some of his cousins and myself. We just spent the weekend together and we were, it was Sunday morning and we got up and we had our family prayer and then um, I went downstairs to try to kind of help clean things up before we left. And Hunter came down, and I didn't have to ask him, which normally I do. But he's like, here, Mom, let me do this for you, or you do this, and I'll take care of that. And I was very surprised that he was so willing to help and was just so loving about it that it kind of took me back a little bit, and I just kind of took it in and was just very appreciative of this kindness and this love that he's showing not that he's not a kind person but he's a teenager and teenagers don't really want to help if they don't have to and um anyways and so we finished cleaning up and then I walked outside the cabin and I had this thought come into my mind and this feeling that um, we hadn't had a picture yet that weekend together and that I better get one because I might not have the chance again so I asked my sister to take a picture of us. And then we said goodbye to everybody, and we got in our car, and we were starting to drive away, and I just had this heaviness, like this this feeling that something bad was going to happen. And so I mentioned to Hunter, I said, Hunter, you know what, we need to pull over and have another prayer. I feel like something bad's going to happen. And so we pulled over and had a prayer, and then we got on the road, and um, being that the next day was 4th of July, we were talking about going and getting fireworks because he was such a pyro. He loved, he loved fireworks. He loved playing with fire. And so we were talking about how um, the next day, the 4th of July, we were going to go and buy a whole bunch of fireworks. And then, um, then he had told me that he had invited his grandma, my mom, over for dinner that night. And at first, inside my head, I was like, why did you do that? I don't have any food. I don't have anything to fix her. And I was kind of panicked, but I didn't say that to him. I just thought that at first in my head. But then I realized that what he did was, or what in, in asking her, it was a very selfless 
loving gesture. And so I didn't say anything about not having any food. I just said, well, Hunter, that was really sweet of you to invite Grandma over for dinner. You know, what should we have? And we were in the process of talking about what we should have for dinner. And at this point on our drive, um, it was a two-lane road and with a dashed line so that you could pass somebody in front of you. And I looked and made sure that everything was clear and went to pass um, a truck and a trailer. And halfway through passing them, a car came up out of nowhere that was not there um, when I went to start passing. It was, there was no car there, and all of a sudden there was a car. And I had to make a split-second decision, and I knew if I were to swerve to the right, I would cause multiple cars to get into an accident. If I went straight on, nose-to-nose, we'd probably all die. If I veered to the left, I'd roll us into a ravine and probably kill both of us. So I decided to go at an angle. knowing there would be impact, but trying to make the least amount of impact as possible. And as soon as I made that decision, it was like someone just turned off a light switch because I don't remember any impact or anything. All I remember is coming to in the ravine and lifting my head up and turning towards my son and seeing him laying there and not breathing. And with blood on his forehead. And um, there were people outside his window. And I asked him to please help my son because he wasn't breathing. And they said that they were gonna wait for the medics. And I pleaded with them, please, please help my son. He's not breathing, please help him. And the next thing I remember is I'm, outside my car and there was um, somebody in front of me who was helping me and I just started praying vocally just praying that Hunter my son would be okay and that the other people in the car other car would be okay and then the next thing I remember is being in the ambulance and um, hearing life flight come in and knowing that that was going to be for my son and my sister was in the ambulance with me because my parents and my sister well after the accident somehow I had my wits about me to grab my phone and call my my father and tell him that we had been in a horrible accident and that Hunter wasn't breathing somebody must have told me where we were at because I didn't know where we were at and they came as quick as they could it was probably 15 minutes or 20 minutes away from the accident. So my sister was there in the ambulance with me when Life Flight came in. I heard Life Flight come in, but it wasn't leaving. And so I started to panic, fearing for my son and fearing that he might be dead if Life Flight wasn't leaving. And so I started to tear off the thing that had me bound in the ambulance because I wanted so much to be with my son but my sister calmed me down and um, and just told me that I needed to stay still because they didn't know what was wrong with me and that they were going to take care of Hunter just then a cop came up to 
the ambulance and I said, is my son okay? Is my son okay? And he very abruptly and really just said, he didn't make it and turned around and walked away. And I remember what a shock it was to find out that my son was gone with such a cold hearted person telling me the way he did. So the question that I would love for you to answer for the listeners is there are a lot of ways that a mother could frame this. I personally can't think of anything worse than losing a child. That's right up there at the very top of the worst things that can happen to you. And so, you know, there's anger, there's complete and utter desolate loss. You know, there's people who lose children all the time who never, ever recover you know, their their life is over. And yet, one of the things that has been so beautiful in watching you deal with this tragedy is knowing, and I know firsthand, how close you and Hunter were, how much an important part of your life he has always been. He is your, your other, your person, you know. And so to have something like that happen, you have any number of pain and perspectives and things that you could choose, and yet the perspective that you have chosen is one that I I would love for you to explain to the listeners. Right off the bat, with just in a matter of a couple days after Hunter passed away, I felt this huge sense of pain lifted from my soul. This weight that had been weighing me down, that had been tearing me apart for months because of what my son was going through, And I realized that that was a gift to me from God because now my son was okay. The thing that has brought me peace and comfort is knowing that my son was suffering here on earth and he was in turmoil and I feared that he might do something drastic to take his own life. He didn't talk about it but I was just seeing a pattern and a path that he was walking that was very frightening to me. Now knowing that he's not suffering and he's not in turmoil and he's not wondering what his purpose is, knowing that he is safe with God is what brings me the comfort that I need in knowing that he's all right. What was the process for you of choosing that perspective and coming to that perspective? Was it something that you just naturally, like you say, um, you felt this complete relief for him, a sense of relief that he wasn't in pain anymore? So was it a, a, a natural way to look at things or was it a conscious choice of this is what it is, this is the way I choose to look at it, this is the way um, that's going to be healthiest and allow me to survive? I think part of it was very natural. The other part I chose. I knew that he was gone. I couldn't change that. I couldn't turn back time. And yet, although he was my whole world, everything, I mean, I lived for him. Everything I did evolved around him, yet somehow it was okay that he was gone. Like, I just felt he was okay. And that it was okay that he was gone. Like I said, part of it was natural, but the other part, I just accepted it. I've never once questioned why he was taken. I just have felt that everything's all right. Thank you for sharing your story with us. 
The choice to choose our perspective is always our own. This is such a huge part of controlling our stories and creating our realities, our happiness, our unhappiness, our peace, our jealousy, our envy, our fear, our sadness. I feel like I've beaten this story told to death because I've been writing about it so much lately, but that's precisely because it's the foundation to our happiness. Could Tammy have looked at her son's death as the tragic loss, unfair, cruel as it was? Of course, it was all of those things. But instead, she chose to focus on his relief, on his time with God, rather than her deep pain and loss. That's what she chose. I'm reminded of the story I shared in one of the earlier episodes about Viktor Frankl. Viktor was a prominent Jewish psychiatrist who survived the camps at Auschwitz and Dachau. Victor talks of an elderly man who came to see him a couple years after his beloved wife had passed away. The man was distraught with grief and he couldn't move on with life because he was severely depressed. Victor had been through the worst types of suffering, so he understood pain and he sat quietly and listened to the man pour out his grief and sorrow. When the man had finished, Dr. Frankel asked him just one question. What would have happened if you had died first and your wife would have survived you. Well, the man said, for her this would have been terrible, how she would have suffered. To this, Dr. Frankel replied, You see, such a suffering has been spared her, and it was you who have spared her this suffering, to be sure, at the price that now you have to survive and mourn her. The man was so moved that Dr. Frankel's words that he simply stood up, shook his hand, and left, never to return. At the moment the perspective shifts, the burden lightens. I want to thank Tammy for sharing her and Hunter's story. And we want to put out a challenge this week. It is to find one of the stories in your life that you're currently feeling anxiety or pain about. Take some time and consider some other ways of interpreting that story. See what other angles you can take and which angle helps you to deal in the healthiest way with the event at hand. You are worthy, wonderful, and you've got some great tools to create your biggest, boldest, and most satisfying life. So do it. It's the month of Thanksgiving, so don't forget to count your blessings and maybe bring some gratitude into those perspective shifts as well. Hey, if you like this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and head over to www.loveyourstorypodcast.com. There you can comment, share your stories, buy one of our super cool Love Your Story t-shirts, or sign up for our freebies. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. 